I'm Jasmine Lopez. You're listening to Making Contact. While teen pregnancy has declined throughout the years, it hasn't for girls in the foster care system. They're two and a half times more likely to become pregnant by the time they're 19. Nicole Rock was one of these young girls. Reporter Leticia Miranda brings us her story. And so where were you born? Oh, Columbia Presbyterian Hospital. Where I lived at the time, I do not know. Nicole Rock has lived in many places in her lifetime. Where exactly my mom lived or where we were living after I left the hospital, I don't know. They lived in hotels and motels or whatever, I don't know. On this day, she's seated at a small dining table at her apartment she shares with her daughter in the Walt Whitman Housing Projects in Fort Greene, Brooklyn. Their home is sparsely furnished with a small TV and a desktop computer. A pair of yellow drapes open to an almost uninterrupted view of Lower Manhattan. The sounds of the building and the Brooklyn Queens Expressway echo through the apartment. At 16, Nicole was put in New York City's foster care system with one of her younger sisters. She found herself in a system where she had very little of the support a 16-year-old girl might need. Like a lot of teen girls, she met a guy and didn't think too much about using birth control. She didn't think having a baby could be so bad. It would help me get my own apartment. I can get on welfare or do whatever I have to do because they'll be more willing to help a pregnant mother than somebody that's single. They'll just be moving me all over the place so I'll have to do everything by myself. Nicole is one of about half the girls in foster care who become pregnant by the time they're 19. New York City's Administration of Children's Services, or ACS, requires agencies to provide access to reproductive and sexual health services. Yet in practice, access doesn't always mean they're guaranteed those services, which makes it easy for some girls to fall through the cracks with each new foster home and social worker. As a result of moving from placement to placement, schools are changed, and the traditional avenues for sexuality education, whether it's schools or through parents, that doesn't happen because of all those disruptions in care. That's Kyle Lafferty with the National Campaign to Prevent Teen and Unplanned Pregnancy. So the young people in foster care oftentimes find themselves really at a loss for that basic information. On her own, Nicole found a local hospital to get prenatal care. But it was her life at her foster home that made her pregnancy really difficult. For those months she was pregnant, Nicole remembers eating only ramen noodles and burgers. She says her foster mom refused to buy healthy food. And her social worker? When I would talk to her, she would just say things like, well, oh well. I used to go up to the agency pretty much when it was downtown Brooklyn. Go up there raving like a lunatic and it's like, what's going on? I'm, I need food. While the national teen pregnancy rate has continued to decrease, the teen pregnancy rate in foster care has remained the same. Something that separates girls in care from their peers is their motivation to get pregnant and raise a family. If you've been a kid who's been removed from your family, you're in foster care. The one thing you probably hunger for more than anything is a family. That's Linda Bryant. She's a clinical professor at New York University's School of Social Work and has worked closely with pregnant girls in foster care. And I think for many of, of, of our young women, 
having a child means the opportunity to establish a family that is your own. And there's this sense that I didn't have control over being taken from mine, but I will have control over my family. But the system isn't quite set up to take care of families. We deeply care about the needs of pregnant and parenting youth who are in care. That is not the makeup of our system necessarily. So we do have an opportunity to really craft good policies to support them. That's Benita Miller, Deputy Commissioner of Family Permanency Services at ACS. Now, is it everything that you might want for your baby? Probably not, but I think that we are meeting the basic level of care. New York state laws require foster agencies to notify girls at 12 years old about reproductive health services, but that typically leaves it up to them to seek out those services on their own. Without consistent support networks, it can be difficult for girls to make and keep appointments or ask sensitive questions. Miller says that ACS as an agency isn't designed to meet every need of youth. Instead, she says their goal is for kids to be independent of the system. Our aim is to help create self-sufficient young adults, not to have people say that the system failed me in this way because they didn't provide for my needs, my material needs. Material needs are very fixed in time, as opposed to, did we get you up every day and make you feel motivated to go to school, to engage as a citizen? Nicole had suffered a brain aneurysm, which caused a stroke to hit her right side. She still has the scar on her right temple where the doctors did surgery to clear her brain of blood. She was in a coma for a week, and when she woke up, she was a mom. When I saw her, I counted the toes and counted the fingers and everything, but yeah, and I kind of undressed it, undressed her and started putting her clothes back on, and that's when I realized I couldn't move my hand. She had lost mobility on her left side. Simple tasks became painfully difficult. Especially because when I left the hospital, everything was new to me. It was like, I felt like an alien. I couldn't cross the streets fast enough. And um, I learned how to write over. My therapist, he had like a fake doll and showed me how to feed my daughter with one hand. She was 17, a new mom, taking five different medications and living with a foster mom and nurse who didn't approve of her having a baby. But it was just basically, they were looking at me like, judging me. But her path through care eased when she got herself into a group home with other young moms raising babies in foster care. Lorraine Jacobs was her caseworker at the time. She saw immediately that Nicole was unique. She just had that drive, you know, she just had that drive. And, you know, even though through her challenges, she pushed, she pushed on. Nicole's daughter is now a smart, bubbly 11-year-old. Nicole will be graduating college this month. She's now interning at a law office and wants to go on to study family law at Yale to advocate for children in care. I'm pushing myself. I'm making it. I'm getting through it. <laughs> it's not over yet, but I'm so happy I got to this point. So I'm, I'm, I'm actually alive to see my dreams coming up ahead. And I'm just happy about that. This is like tears of joy, like, yes, I'm doing it. 
for making contact. I'm Leticia Miranda.